Especially we are living in the world where we see many fights and many wars and battles happening all around us. Not only in the Old Testament time, even today we see in this world the battles are going on, are happening. Not only in the world, you know, as we go back to the Old Testament, in the Bible, we see many battles. Thousands and thousands of lives were lost in the battles that we do see in the Bible. Not only in the Bible, today even we see fights, even in the churches, even among people of God, we see fights happening and going on. Often we get a news that, okay, that church is becoming a growing a bigger church and, you know, there is something, some conflict. Not, not necessarily it's a fight, but maybe it's just a conflict and people had to separate. Not only in the churches, even in our families we see there is a battle. There are fry, fights and there are conflicts even within the family. Why just the families? Even in our very own life. Even in our very own lives, we see conflict. Sometimes we want to do this, and some other time we want to do something else. As Paul says, always there is a fight between flesh and... Hello, are you with me? Always there is a fight between flesh and spirit. So there is an internal, inherent fight, fight that is going on inside of all of us. And as we approach the end of the age, as we approach the end times... Bible says, love is going to grow cold. And people are going to hate one another. And hatred and cold love is what we see today, even in families. When Jesus spoke about the end of the age, he prophetically, he said, this is what he said, Mark chapter 13, verse 8, if you can see, this is what he said, for nations, can you read with me? For nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That's what Jesus said. And that's what we see today. As the days are approaching, we see more of this happening in, in, even in our own lifetime. And Jesus also mentioned something about families. You know, when I was just reading the scripture, that scripture is, you know, so amazing. You know, why? I was just wondering, not wondering, I was just worrying. Why did Jesus say this? Mark chapter 13, verse 12. Can you read that with me? 13, verse 12. Now, brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. You know, we are living, we, we hear, we do hear some witnesses from different parts of the world. Even why not, maybe from our very own families, we see such things rising within the families. Family members working against one another, against each other. There is no unity. There is no joy. There is no peace in the families. The current conflicts that are going on in Ukraine and Russia and Israel and Palestine, and we see even other countries like Afghanistan and Ethiopia, and uh, you know, always there is a tension between the border between India and Pakistan, 
and we see there is, an, there is an economical, political tension between United States and China. You know, when these countries are going through such conflicts, it affects every other country. It's not that just only they are handling it. It affects every nation on the face of this earth. Not only every nation, it affects every family. It affects every individual. Even though there is war in Ukraine, you know, it, it affects us as we keep hearing the news. It affects us. We see hatred within families and hatred from outside towards families. You know, I was just wondering why God you wanted me to this talk about this. I have never spoken maybe in this detail on this particular topic. And I pray that God you would help us. You would make this Lord suitable for us today so that we realize we understand the time that we are living in. Most of us are attacked by our enemies. Sometimes we may think that, you know, we escape the bombing that is happening in the Middle East or in Russia, you know, somewhere else. But remember, even though we escape those bombings, but we are attacked day in and day out by our neighbors, by our co-workers, by our teammates, by our family members, even conflicts raising within our own self. Every minute, every moment, we are under the attack of this thought or the conflict that's happening outside and inside to us. Not only human beings, even if you look at the animal kingdom and the birds of the air, there is always a fight. There is all, they are always under the attack. Now that you know, we have National Geography Channel and we have so many YouTube and you know, other media through which we see how animals are hunted and how animals are attacked. Maybe for prayer, maybe for something else. Looks like this battle is never ending. So this morning I would like to title my sermon as Never Ending Battle. Can you say that with me? Never Ending Battle. Today I'm not really talking about the attack that are inside of us. I'm really not talking about the attacks that results inside of us due to the conflicts that we handle within us. I'm really not talking about that. I'm not even talking about the attack of the devil. But I'm not, I'm talking about the real attack of real people. Can you say real people? People like you and me. You're talking about the attack, the real attack from real people. And you know what? This battle has to be fought. We cannot keep quiet. This battle has to be fought. And how do we fight this battle? This battle, at least it has to be fought in order to protect your life and protect my life. You know, we cannot be just indifferent in this situation. As if we are not seeing that somebody else is fighting against us. Somebody else is trying to do something against us. We need to do at least to protect something to protect ourselves. How do we fight this battle? When attack comes from your husband, your wife, and from your children. When this attack comes from, how do you handle this when this attack comes from your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your sister-in-law, and from your brother-in-law? How do we handle this attack when this attack comes from your coworker or your teammate? How do you handle this attack when this attack comes from your neighbor that you see him or her every day? 
As I said, we need to fight this battle at least to protect ourselves. Otherwise, we will be just like standing as fools in front of them. And God wants us to fight this battle in order to make sure that we are protected, our family is protected. But how do we do it? We all face difficult times and times of great trouble from people around us. It is at times becomes very hard to fight with people and gain victory. <clears throat> if we fight, it damages the relationship. If we fight, it causes deep wounds, deep hurt in their lives, and that's not going to heal lifelong. Then how do we fight? How do we wage this warfare that we deal with every day? So that's what we are going to see this morning from the Word of God. Bible repeatedly says, instead of you trying to do it, you allow God to fight the battle for you. Can you say, allow God? He will do it amazingly. If we give the battle in the hands of God, if we allow God to fight the battle, He will do it amazingly. So how do we deal with these people who try to hurt us? How do we deal with these people to, who try to harm us in our lives? God wants us to do two things. If you can, you actually see the slide there. God wants us to do two things. Number one, can you read it with me? Allow God to fight by doing good. Number two, ask God to protect by trusting Him. It doesn't look like natural. We want to allow God to fight this battle by doing good. Are you with me? We need to allow God to do. You know, there are two, 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 two sections to that each, each requirement there. First of all, we need to allow God to do something. And how do we do? Allow God by, by doing good. And secondly, we need to ask for God's protection by trusting God. So let's take a few, moment, a few minutes to see how do we do it? How do we practically handle the situation? Number one, let's talk about allowing God to fight by doing good. How do we allow God to fight by doing good? You know, when someone has done something against us, the immediate response and the reaction is to React to that situation, not even respond, but react to that situation immediately. Immediately we want to just pick up that fight in equal level so that there is a chance that you may win. If you don't bring that fight to the equal level, then you are going to lose. And I remember in way back, you know, in, in my country, in our country, in, in, in India, where we, we, I used to drive. There the rule is, when you drive, and then when you get into the accident, whether it is at your fault or somebody else's fault, you are supposed to raise your voice and scream and shout. And whoever raises voice, they win the battle there. Right? If, you are, if you don't know to raise voice and if you don't know to speak, even though it is not your mistake, finally it is going to become your mistake. Right? So that's the logic there. So that's our nature. Whenever something goes wrong and somebody's against us, we want to react. At least if we want to say a few words, otherwise we don't get sleep in the night. Right? At least few words. 
And if you, if, you have, if you haven't said that, the few words in the night when you sleep, you won't get sleep because thinking that you, you think that, sure, why, why did I just left her? I should have told something to her. Few words at least I should have spoken to her. But you know what, if you do that, if we say something in that situation, if we try to pick a fight in that situation, we are not allowing God to fight. We are not allowing God to fight. It is true in our family life. It is true between spouses. It is true between children and parents. It is true between our relations. If we speak, if we say something, we are not really allowing God to fight. We must allow God to handle the battle for us. Are you with me this morning? How do you feel, how do you feel that it's silly? How do we allow God? You know, I want to really fight the battle. You feel that way? Or if you want to allow God to fight? What is your choice? Allow God to fight. Better let him fight for us. Let's see what Jesus said. Jesus wants us to love those who harm us. And he wants to love those who do evil against us. Shall we go to Luke chapter 6? You know, these are practical. These are practical things what Jesus spoke. Luke chapter 6 verses 27 and 28. Can you read with me? But I say to you, who here? Love your, read, please read out loud. I love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Verse 28. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Now, if it is not practical, Jesus would not have written that. Jesus would not have told that. But it is written for a reason. There are four things that we need to do. Can you just say, somebody say, what are those four things God is expecting, Jesus is expecting us to do? Number one, we are expected to love. Can you say love? We are expected to do good, do good. And we are expected to bless. We are expected to pray. There are four things God is asking us, Jesus is asking us, when there is some enmity between you and someone else. God is asking us to do four things. If we are children of God, if you are a child of God, when your husband picks a fight with you, or women, or the wife picks a fight with you, what you need to do? You need to do? I know you won't say that because you won't do it. Four things you need to do. What are those four things? Number one. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, when, when, whenever a wife really fights with us, she looks like an enemy, right? An ugly enemy, right? Just the previous moment, the minute you would have loved her so much. But now she said something which is not in line with what you want to do. The moment, the very second she turns to become an enemy. I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking from experience. And in that situation, how do you love? Jesus is asking us to love your enemy. She's real enemy, actually, who is standing in front of you. She's just a real enemy. At that moment, at least. Four things. Number one, we can never lose that love. Number two, get into the kitchen and try to cut the chicken for your wife. Do good. Number three, bless. I don't know why you're telling, telling this to me. God bless you. Bless. Number four, pray. Pray. And where we need to practice this? At home. 
Then it comes in our workplace. Then it comes in our neighborhood. I mean, it's easy to preach, but it's hard to do it. Peter writes it beautifully. He's saying that allow God to fight by doing good, by blessing those who do evil against us. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Can you read with me? Not returning evil for evil or reviling. Means criticizing in an abusive way or in an angry way. Returning evil for not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you are called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Amen? Sometimes we see that there is no spiritual thing in that verse. Is that true? Is that true? Is there any spiritual thing in that verse? Yes or no? Yes? Oh my God, it's becoming tough now. Yes? Okay. <laughs> there is a basic ground, basic foundation of our Christian life. You see that in the scripture. And more than that, Peter writes when he says, he's saying this is a call of God in your life. Can you read that again? Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this. Remember, you are called to what? You are called to bless. Can you say bless? Not to curse. We are called to do this. There's a calling on every child of God. And what is the calling on the child of God? Even though somebody is trying to pick up fight against us, even though somebody is trying to do bad, bad things against us, God has called you and me to bless. Paul writes in Romans again, allow God to fight by doing good. Do not repay evil for evil. Can you read Romans 12, 17? Repay no one evil for evil have regard for good things in the sight of all men god is asking us to do good things when we moved to this place in halifax in two years time we had a an amazing neighbor moving into the neighborhood as our neighbor And slowly she started giving trouble to us. So one day I received a legal notice for encroachment. That I received a legal notice saying that I have taken her property. I was just wondering what is this? Then later I found out I don't know about you, I don't know whether you know this, in a cul de sac or in, a, in the dead end of the road. The road itself, that it forms a circle there, right, at the cul-de-sac. So when they do the driveway, they don't really lay the driveway on your property line, but instead they lay the driveway so that it symmetrically it fits to the landscape. I don't know whether you understand. So the driveways, at times, they can cross the property line. So that was the issue. And the driveway was laid, before, you know, at that time, 17 years before. We moved into that house. Now that has become an encroachment. So we didn't do anything. We just smiled at each other as if, you know, I've not received anything. And then I had to respond because it's a legal notice and I responded. And then we prayed. We left that to God. And we really do not know what really happened to that legal issue. There's nothing after that. So when I came to full-time ministry, Joy started doing a daycare at home. My wife started doing a daycare at home. So this same neighbor, from behind the screen, behind the window, 
she takes pictures of every vehicle, every parent who comes and stops to drop the kid. And she takes pictures of all the vehicle who comes and stops to pick the kid. And there's a lot of complaints that was written against us to the department. And we spoke to each other as usual, as if nothing has happened. But ask God to fight the battle for us. And you know what? We never had to hear anything from the, from the department because we were just covered by the OWCA. They were handling it, so they could just handle everything on behalf of us. And we don't need to fight. We are still good neighbors. We love each other. We care for each other. We talk. We spend time together. And how can you do this when you don't develop a hatred against somebody who is trying to do bad things against us? God wants us to love. God wants us to bless. God wants us to pray when people do something against us. By doing this, we are allowing God to battle to, to do the battle for us. This morning, I want to ask a question to you. What are you going through in your family life? What are you going through in your situation, in your workplace? What are you going through, you know, way back in your country? What people are trying to do? You know, sometimes when you are away from the, our nation, they, they try to damage the property. They try to encroach the property when you, are, when you are not there. How do we deal with such people? This morning, God is telling you, you need to allow God to handle it for us because we can't do it. When we try to handle, we damage the relationship. We hurt people. And that will cause never, never healing wounds in their lives and in our lives. So we don't want, as children of God, we don't want to get there. But instead, we allow God because he is mighty in battle. And he will do it for us. And the second thing that we need to do is ask God to protect by trusting him. Can you say protect? We all need the protection of God in this life. I'll tell you in a moment why we need when people attack us through words and their actions and their deeds and when they complain against us, you know, when they criticize us and, you know, at times they even do witchcraft against us to destroy us. God wants us to be protected. God wants our lives to be protected. Listen to me this morning. Why this topic is important? Why are we dealing with this this morning? This is important because there are many families that are struggling just because of this never-ending battle in their lives. Never-ending battle in their lives. You know, this is, as I said, it's important because we don't want to see our family struggle. We, don't, we need to know the origin, where it's all beginning, where it's all starting in our lives. Because the enemies are so aggressive and they want to destroy us. You know, there are fights between, because there may not be any reason for that fight, but then there, are, there is still fight. Inside the family, with the family members, with people around us in our workplaces. Today, people do many things to destroy families. This is so real. This is so real. People, even sad to say, even Christians, even more sad to say, even believers, they do witchcraft against families. Listen to me. Even they do witchcraft against families. Why do they do it? They want to cause sicknesses in their families. And they want to put big people into the deathbed. They do it for that reason. They want people to become sick and they want to throw people into the deathbed. And they do witchcraft against people. 
Have you really heard of that? Heard about it? But even the believers, even Christians, they are into it. It is so sad to listen to that, so sad to know that. Listen to me. Even at times when people try to do things, you know, through prayer, and at times they even feel that prayer doesn't work. And they try to do witchcraft. They think that the prayer doesn't work anymore and they try to do witchcraft against families. And it is so sad that even Christians are into it. And this morning, as we are trying to understand, Lord, what I do with this never-ending battle? Lord, how do I handle this never-ending battle in my life? At times, we do not know the cause of everything that we are going through in our lives. Have you taken time in our life, in your life, any time, any moment, to find out why the trouble, why it, is, it has started? Everything was going well. The family relationship was good. Everything was all right. But then what is wrong suddenly? How can it go? Something can go wrong suddenly. People do many things against people to cause sickness and put them in their deathbed. In many families, miscarriages, babies are destroyed in the womb. They do things against people just to destroy, to separate marriages, to cause addiction, the never-ending addiction to alcohol and drugs. Where these things are coming from? At times, you know, they cause anxiety to people and depression towards becoming mentally ill, totally ill. Children were studying well and all of a sudden they lose the desire on study. They lose focus and attention. Where these things are coming from? And if you and I, if we don't identify those areas and protect us, you know, we will be destroyed this morning. God wants us to know this never-ending battle. How can we handle this battle in our lives? You cannot do because the power of darkness is so true. The power of the devil is so true. People make use of those powers of darkness to destroy the people of God, the children of light. But you and I need to know the source and how do we handle and how do we fight against such battle in our lives. And we know God will fight the battle for us. You, I want you to remember the situation when Pharaoh's army was approaching children of Israel as they, as they walked out of Egypt. And they are trying to cross the Red Sea. Red Sea is in front of them. And before they face, they come closer to the Red Sea. We see Pharaoh's army following children of God in the wilderness to destroy them. If you read your Bible carefully, Bible says, all the houses in Egypt, they are in the wilderness now. All the chariots, Bible says 600 chariots, Pharaoh had 600 chariots in his army. All the 600 chariots were in the wilderness to destroy. Because that's the ultimatum, you know, that's what he wants to gain, to destroy them. And you know what? God can fight the battle for you. God fought the battle. He destroyed the entire Pharaoh's army. Can you hear an amen this morning? Exodus chapter 14 verse 14 says, can you read with me? The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The Lord, can I hear that again? The Lord will 
fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You know, that's what God wants you to do, you to do and me to do. We need to allow God to fight the battle for you. How do we do it? By doing good. Not even thinking evil. Not even thinking bad about your enemy. Not even thinking that, Lord, let the tree fall on him and he die. Let him die. Not even thinking about it. But instead trying to be good to him. And by doing it, we allow, the God, allow God to battle. God causes an army. God can even cause an entire army to get scattered and go away. You know what? Our God is mighty. At times we, 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 don't, we, we underestimate the power of God. And this morning God wants you to realize there are, there are forces against your life and against your family. But God wants you to know that he is mighty in battle. The Bible says if you obey the voice of the Lord... And if you follow his commandments, God can scatter your enemy. Can you read that scripture? Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 7. Can you read with me? In a couple of moments, you are going to get into a time of prayer. Can you read with me? The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. And they shall come out against you in one way and flee before you. How many ways? Seven ways. God is able to scatter your enemies. You don't need to do anything. I don't need to do anything. We just allow God to work. Pray and allow God. God, you take care of them, O God. That's all we need to do. Zerah, the Ethiopian, who came against the king, the godly king Asa, with an army of million men. Can you say million? How big it is, you can imagine. Million men and 300 chariots. He came to a place called Meresha. To fight against Asa. And you know what, what Asa did? Asa cried out to God. And he said, it is nothing for you, God, to help me. It is easy for you, Lord. Million men in an army. God, it is easy for you to handle. Second Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11. Can you read with me? And Asa, and Asa cried out to the Lord, his God, and said, what did he say? Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against the multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. God will do it for you. But only thing is you need to allow God to do it. Allow God to work by doing good to our enemies. God is with us during this never-ending battle. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 19. Some of the scriptures, you know, God really encourages us. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse, verse 19. They will fight against you. Can you read with me? They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. I don't know what you are facing right now. I don't know what you will face in the next week, week after, or in the coming days in your life. But remember this. God is with you and he will fight the battle for you and God is asking us to be confident and he's asking us to put our trust in the Lord Psalm 27 verse 3 can we read together Psalm 27 verse 3 though an army you know this should be your declaration this should be your praise to God though an army may encamp against me my heart shall not fear though war may rise against me in this I will be confident 
God wants you to be confident that he will do it for you. He will protect you. He will protect your family. And trust in God. The more we trust in God, we see the deliverance of God and the protection of God. And you know what? God protects us in many ways. We may not even think about those ways. At times, he does that in a very simple way. But he do it. He does that in his own way. Just want to close this with this illustration. Probably most of us know this already. Hitler's invasion of Poland took place in the month of September 1939. And Great Britain, along with France, joined and they declared war against Germany. And that was the beginning of the Second World War. And during Second World War, more than 50 countries fought the battle. So during Second World War, an U.S. soldier, he was just, you know, deployed in the Pacific Islands. And as the battle was going on, this soldier, he just lost his way. He just lost his way because of the thickness of the smoke and the crossfire. He even lost to be in touch with, with his comrades, with his colleagues, with his team. And he was just alone in the jungle. And he could hear enemy soldiers marching forward in the jungle looking for any enemy soldier who is alive to destroy them. And this alone single soldier, soldier who lost his way, he was just looking for something to grab something to put on him so that he can cover himself, he can camouflage himself so that the enemy will not find him. And as it was a rocky island, you know, he just went through it and he saw many caves there, many caves. And he thought, probably I will just get into one of these caves and hide myself. But there is nothing to hide. There is nothing to hide. And finally, he just got into one of the deep caves and he was just trying to hide inside. But you know what? He was just thinking, even if I hide, there is nothing to cover. The soldier is just going to come and he's going to come and stoop inside and he's just going to kill me. And there is no other way, he can't run. And he knelt down and he prayed to God. This is what he prayed, Lord, if it is your will, please protect me. Lord, whatever it may be, oh God, I love you. I love you again. Amen. And after this prayer, he was sitting there quietly he could hear the enemies marching towards him, looking into every cave to see whether somebody is hiding inside. And as he heard the voice of the enemy, the marching sound of the enemy coming closer to him, he suddenly saw a spider was dropped at the entrance of the cave. And as the, soldier, as the soldiers were marching towards the spider started building a web at the entrance of the cave so quickly, so quickly. And as he was listening, the enemy searching and coming very closer, the spider almost laid strands after strand and he's almost finishing to cover the entrance of the cave. The enemy soldier came looking at each cave and when he came to this particular cave and he saw the spider web at the entrance of the cave and he realized probably no one would have entered into this cave because the spider web is still seen at the entrance of this cave 
And he looked at the cave and the soldier moved forward. And he was singing there, sitting there and praying, Lord, what I was in need of was a brick wall. But Lord, send me a spider wall. Lord, what I need is a brick wall. But what God sent me is a spider wall. And he said, Lord, forgive me. That in you, even a spider wall can be much stronger than a brick wall. You know, that's how our God operates. That's how our God functions. Shall we all arise this morning? That's how our God works in your life and my life to protect us. He is so jealous of your life. He doesn't want your life to be destroyed. He doesn't want your family to be perishing. He doesn't want your family to be destroyed. God wants to protect you and me. There is no doubt that there are many enemies against each one of us today. There are many enemies against our families today. But God is a God who protects us.